Everybody ready? I want my Sit. boyfriend back, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think because of copyrights on the the, the tune, I don't. I, you, you're gonna have to cut that. We're gonna get sued. Don't we want to get sued? We want to. Yeah, oh, but by Disney. Right. I don't want to get sued by like Universe UMG or like. Yeah, Virgin you, UMG yeah. would fuck us. Yeah, uh, Disney would fuck us too, of course. Yeah, but that would be funnier. Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the podcast where we watch and review all the decoms from A to Xenon. My name's Brandon, and I'm Cassie. My name is James, and my descendants will be descended from a convict. Uh, my name's Brendan, and I'm an extraordinary bubble. My name's Ryan, and I'm solid. Solid as a guy. Yeah, what's up, everybody? How we doing? Solid. Solid. Doing good. It's hard to not <laughs> feel solid. Yeah, especially after uh, all the carbohydrates I've been eating. Man, am I solid. Yeah. Uh, big uh, big announcement. Uh, our Your favorite sound engineer uh, just ran from his demons for 26.2 miles. Ayo. We got a marathon finisher in this podcast. Ow, ow. And it's me and... It was a crazy realization to realize that I ran from Staten Island because I never thought that place existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you can't have a real place with a street called New Dorp Lane. That can't be real. Or Father Capadano Boulevard. <laughs> okay, no, that's real. That's very Italian. Pete Davidson obviously grew up on that street. Uh, but yes, listeners, please congratulate our our very own Ryan Metz. He did it, and we're all very proud of him. Thanks, guys. Yes, we are. Super proud. Thanks, guys. It, th- even like two or three years ago, I never would have thought that uh, it was possible. And You I, had it in you. I guess it is. Absolutely. So yeah. take it from me. If you... Uh, then, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words. Sage advice from our very own Ryan. Uh, who would have thought that the harder task would be watching every Disney Channel original movie? Yeah. I've got to say it actually was. <laughs> it was easier for me to actually run a marathon than it's been to watch 66 <laughs> Disney I mean, this Channel is a originals. marathon. Yeah, truly. You, you can't just sprint through these. When I originally envisioned this this podcast, I thought like, yeah, no, I could crank these out real fast, but... No, you really got to you got to slow it down. Got to Otherwise man. your brain oh. will just Turn into a bubble and pop. A, a quick sprint to the death. Yeah. <laughs> this Ryan, movie. Any, any words uh, to our listeners? Words of encouragement or advice on marathons, either of the running variety or watching movie variety? If you... Then... Uh, okay, thank you. That's very helpful. <laughs> wow. I feel like I could do it right now. Oh wait! Actually, sorry. I, I do have I do have something. Give us I was your wondering advice. Um, yeah, I uh, was trying to get the train to go into the city to get my bus to the starting line, and I heard the train coming, and I didn't have my fare handy, so I jumped the turnstile and was running for the train, and I bashed my arm on the railing <laughs> of the stairs. So that was my my first injury of the day. Um, is the advice do that or don't do that? Oh, my, my advice is to always um, beat the fare of the MTA. Yeah. Because um, that's a good warm up because you'll be running. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Guess the adrenaline going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. Um, no, my, my advice is if you want to do something to set your mind to it and stick with it. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's all. Fuck yeah. Love it. If yeah. you, then. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. It. Um, when Ryan said that, I felt that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the movie. Uh, episode 66. We took it back to a classic uh, because we had, um, we had we had a bad, bad, like three in a row track record. I don't think anybody was happy with the most recent ones. Oh, but as Brandon was saying, uh, we finally, I think, picked uh, something better. Stepsister from Planet Weird, the 2000 DCOM. Uh, starring the girl from the 13th year, 
um, and some other people who are mostly Australian. Um, this one's directed by Steve Boyum, the guy who directed Johnny Tsunami. Great name. <laughs> and it's written by the guy who wrote Bill and Ted and huh. a Goofy movie. Really? Yeah, two excellent movies. So no, no surprises here that the writing was going to be, you know, a cut above... Uh, hey, it's the university. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god. But also based on a book, this one, right? They all are. Every yeah. single, every single one from this like era, like nineteen ninety seven to like two thousand two. I think maybe ha- I'm not even sure if Halloween Town is original, but most of them are not IP. They're just you know made from a book. But that's fine. Uh, and we're going to talk about it. But before we get into that, we are called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. Why? It's because when we see runners, we tip them over. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't need your help with that. <laughs> You're too tall. I can't tip you over. No, we're tipsy. We have a drink. James is our mixologist. He makes a really tasty drink, and this week is no exception. I'm sipping it now. I'm tipping it now. Tell us about our drink, James. This drink is root beer based because they drink a lot of root beer in this mm. movie because CO2 is their only food source. Oh Love my gas. God. Um, so this one's pretty simple. It's actually kind of it's a step. Off of a rum and coke, uh, it's instead of coke, it's it is uh, four ounces of root beer. You can also use rum in it. You could use one and a half ounces of rum, but we have one and a half ounces of bourbon. And then uh, the only added thing is a uh, orange zest, like an orange peel, just to get a little orange aroma in there, and uh, a teaspoon of vanilla syrup, which is simple syrup that you then drop some uh, vanilla extract into. I would say. Very little. Like, I did, uh, I don't even know. I probably made 10 ounces of syrup and did one cap of vanilla extract, and that seemed to be perfect. And so, yeah. I always um, find it fascinating how easy it is to make simple syrup. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever actually talked about that. Like, it's a good point. It's, it's the name is not misleading. Yeah. yeah. It's one part water and mm-hmm. one part sugar. Yep. Just boil and, it. Yeah. Until the sugar is gone and then it's done. Yeah, it doesn't it, it's not like it falls back out. You just have liquid, very sugary water. It thickens as it cools. Um you can use brown or white sugar. And you um, can keep that for like a few weeks in your fridge. Yep. Yep. You know what's yep. great too? Um I've made um candied fruit peel before mm-hmm. and you actually get simple syrup as a byproduct from that. Mm-hmm. Oh no way. Yeah. It's got a little oil in it. Yep. So it's like a yeah. little orangey or whatever. Yep. We'll yeah. uh, probably do some. I don't know if I had to guess. Not not that I'm uh, you're the mixologist, but I would assume that it's, there's something like that on the horizon for the uh, impending holiday season. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, hey, how can... about for one episode we all just switch jobs? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sounds I like awesome. That. That sounds good to Wh- me. Which one of you would like my job? I'll do it. I'll click the buttons. You- I'll I'll push up the 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 little sound levels up and down. I'll I'll just let you do it here on my computer, and whatever happens, happens. Sounds fun. I'm in. Uh, hey, listeners, I know you like that idea, but uh, most importantly, you should try making this drink. It's really good. The oh, the root beer is is overpowering. So yeah. it's really like you're just drinking root beer. So yep. uh, be careful. Please decom responsibly. But uh, definitely make this drink. We're going to post it on our Instagram with the recipe. You can make it. You could drink it. You could uh, tell us how much you liked it. Uh, and don't forget to download our recipe book that Brennan lovingly made with uh, love in every page. And uh, it's uh, in the link in our bio. Check it out. On Instagram, at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. That's right. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> but I think most of you know that. You know how to find things on the internet. We were also the same three people that listened to the podcast. Uh, James's mom. Yep. James's dad. Mm-hmm. And... And me. And, and, yeah, <laughs> I am right. I the third person. I was going no, to say your wife, li- but... I, I looked through the stit. I looked through the stats, the statistics. We got people listening. So all of you listeners out there, we're very grateful. Yes, Truly. we Please are. Please reach out to us. Send us an email uh, at DisneyChannelTipsyPanel at gmail.com. Uh, I, I read it regularly, and I try to respond to all of them. All right. Is this thing on? Let's... Yes. Now it is. Tap, tap, tap. ASMR. Uh, yeah, I guess we're going to talk about this movie that we watched. Yeah, who wants to give us a little uh, summary? Shot not. Ooh. Okay. I'll do it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you have Megan, who is living with her mom and her brother, and her 
parents have split, and she meets a man named Cosmo, who they start dating, and she does not get along with... Uh, Megan does not get along with her. Cosmo's daughter, Ariel. They don't like each other, but then they get into a pact to <coughs> split their parents up because neither of them want to be there. And it turns out Ariel and Cosmo are aliens. Mm. Uh, and that's basically all I'm comfortable sharing. I think the funny thing about the whole alien premise is that it, it's like the, as soon as these characters are introduced, the youngest brother is like, maybe they're aliens. Like, yeah. they're, they're, oh, I know. There's no like suspicion. It's yeah. just, yeah, they're aliens. He starts off talking about men in black. That's like his first line is, I'm oh. a men in black. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that is about aliens. I didn't put two and two together there, but you're absolutely right. But yeah, um, I was saying earlier, this movie was a breath of fresh air because we we did a few where the writing was not great. Um, the writing here, like line for line, is is maybe better than any of the movies we've seen, in yeah. my opinion. It's, it's at least the best one we've seen in a long time in the, terms of the writing. The opening line, which I thought was stupid at first, ended up being like oddly predictive of the style of, of dialogue we were going to get. The first line of the movie is just wind. There's nothing else like it. <laughs> yeah. Wind is actually kind of the enemy here. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah, uh, because the aliens are from a planet where everybody is a, is a gaseous bubble. Um, wind is the enemy and cause the wind can blow you around and it can make you pop, which mm-hmm. is what happens to poor mother. We watch, we watch, this is, uh, we watched a death in this movie. We saw that bubble pop. That's true. Somebody did yeah. die. Yeah. Uh, however, it, it is oddly poetic that, um, since they're all just gaseous beings, when you pop, you don't really die. You just become one with the rest of the gas. Yeah. That is kind of nice. Yeah. Is, yeah, that actually is. Mother nice. is still float. She's still, you know, in the air out there somewhere. I think Ariel says she joined the great gaseous cloud or something. Mm. <laughs> it's like a, a live cremation in a way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a sky burial. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And and then uh, once, once they're on Earth and um, the daughter says something about like mom. Uh, like, why can't we go back? Because mom's on her home planet. And, and the dad goes, mommy has thinned out a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. But also, quote, your mother was an extraordinary bubble. <laughs> the best quote. Every, okay, I, th- I think we really need to introduce the, the aliens a little better. So Megan Larson is the human. She's, you know, average teenage girl. She's got a crush on a boy. Uh, she wants to be with the popular kids, and she also windsurfs, which isn't very average, but I guess when you're in Australia, it is. Anyway, um, the the alien daughter, Ariel, uh, opens with this, you know, dear diary. Like, that's, that's a conceit of this. They're constantly mm-hmm. writing to their diary. And Ariel's diary entry is about how much she hates her, her corporeal being. And I wrote it all down. <laughs> so good. This horrid vehicle, this rubbery <laughs> flesh, this flat face, this ghastly yellow hair that grows out of this hideous skull. I can only think I am grotesque. Ryan, I think you wrote this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish I had because I really loved the writing in this movie. I can hear you saying all of these lines. The rubbery flesh, the flat (laughs) face, the ghastly yellow hair that grows out of this hideous skull. It's like I wrote it. Yeah. Because when I look in the mirror every morning, that's kind of what comes to mind. (laughs) This rubbery face, this flat flesh, (laughs) ghastly yellow hair. These are also like, they're like lyrics to like uh, like like a pup song. They're like lyrics to to a, a punk song. I can only think I am grotesque. The same dream that comes to me most every night. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear it. This this song can be written. I miss my true self, my essence. (laughs) Yeah. When she said everything here is so ugly and solid and heavy, I was like, wow, those are the three categories I score high on at the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Full marks on being solid. Your doctor loves how solid you are. 
Mm-hmm. Being solid is invigorating. That was my favorite line of the whole movie, the one that I burst out laughing when I heard it. I'm glad you brought it up, even though I was going to. I, I'm worried that, like, 75% of my notes are just quotes that I wrote down. I'm worried that oh, this same. episode is just going to be us exchanging quotes. I'm here for that. Yeah, me too. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop... Oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll drop my favorite one right now, because we're, we're all just sharing them. Um, all right, so... Obviously, at some point, Ariel goes to high school and, you know, an alien in the high school experience. We have to have that whole, you know, that whole part of the story. Um, She shows up to the school with a big entrance. She flips her bike over a bike rack. It's cool. It's a good stunt. Um, The director of this movie is a stunt guy. So no wonder the movie has good stunts. Um, But a crowd comes over. And because this movie is made in 2000, you get uh, these two dudes in like, puka shell necklaces and very long dirty blonde hair and uh you know deep raspy voice uh they're just like uh so what are your interests (laughs) and ariel says i like bubbles i like gas and i'm calmed by water yeah and the boys totally you know just airheaded just goes all right can't argue with any of those (laughs) (laughs) and he's right you can't argue with any of those. <laughs> How can you? He's just so eager to connect with this new interesting girl. <laughs> nope, can't argue with any of those. Um, and then, like a couple beats later in that scene, uh, the guys are asking her about her clothing and she says that she's protecting her essence. Oh and he goes, God. intense. <laughs> <laughs> And she's picked up, obviously, like her, her quirks are just seen as being a, like a torture genius. Yes. And, and everybody is now just, you know, layering their clothes like her and, and you know, flipping their bikes over the bike rack and talking <laughs> about being horrid and grotesque. And if I can actually provide a bit of analysis here, which normally I don't do. Please do. Um, I think it says a lot about the main character. What was her name? Megan? Megan. Evil Megan Larson. Yeah. I mean, she really was the embodiment of evil in that case because, you know, yeah. here is an unfamiliar person in a new place who's immediately being accepted by the whole student body, which normally we don't see. You know, normally it's the opposite. The outsider is ridiculed. Yeah. And Megan is just like, she's weird. She's fucked up. Like, you know, she's stealing my thunder. It's like, come on, girl. You can't be happy for somebody. Like, you truly are a bad person if yeah. this is your reaction to this. It was hard to, you know, support Megan in anything throughout this movie because she just has such a negative attitude towards everything. Yeah, I'd go as far as to say that I don't think she had any redeeming qualities. No, she seems to think that she has some... Oh, yeah. Oh, that was nice. I don't even know what I was going to say. Yeah, well, Megan, she she doesn't want to see her mom happy. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want to engage with her brother who's like not that much of a little pest he's actually like as far as the the kid siblings in these movies go pretty decent yeah he's Uh, just alien role playing yeah well i mean who hasn't been annoyed by a younger who who has a younger sibling hasn't been annoyed by them at one point fair well you can't you're right like you can't uh it's not like her motivation is like, oh, I miss my dad. Like, I wish my... Like, they don't establish that at all. It's literally, I don't like her, and I don't want her around, and her dad is weird, and yeah. I don't want him around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not even for her mom. It's just like, I don't like him. Yeah. And we're and she wants to, like, be in with the popular girls. Right. Yeah. And originally, her only way to get in was to lie. Yes. That, yeah. I'm so, Jules' cousin. Jules' cousin. <laughs> Who, like, is she relevant at all now? I mean, I know she's not popular now. No, but if you look at any piece of media from, like, 96 to 2000, you're going to find a Jewel reference. It's all yeah. over. I don't really remember who Jewel is. I was too young. But I know that we, like, my mom had the CD. Um, yeah, what was her most popular song? <sighs> you were meant for me. Yes. Yeah, and I was meant for you. Mm-hmm. We have Jewel in the studio right now. Thanks for coming, Jewel. And she was on that uh, Eminem song, like "Days Gone By." I wonder why. That's an awfully hot coffee pot. Yeah, not ringing a bell at all. Really? <laughs> if it makes you happy. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I know. I know. 
Who will save your soul? If oh, it makes you happy, <laughs> who will save your, your soul? soul. <laughs> Good. So we had Rihanna here before. Yep. Now we have Jewel here. And then... Um, if it makes you happy... No, no, you got me on She's that here, one. too. Um, Natalie Cheryl Imbruglia. Cheryl Crow. Thanks, oh, Brennan. Oh, okay. Thank you, Brennan. Guys, Jewel looks incredible. I we're also don't a, know if it was Jewel, Jewel on that Eminem song, so I'm, I'm going to say we just don't know who Jewel is. That's true, yeah. None of us know. <laughs> oh, well. That's fine. All right. Um, sh- what else should we talk about in this movie? Um, I think we should talk We should talk about Cosmo. We haven't really talked about Cosmo yeah. at Ooh, all. Is yet. this the DCOM dad hour? Yeah, it might as well be. I mean, if we're talking about Cosmo, we're, he's the dad. So, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the... the let's do the DCOM dad hour. Um, Cosmo Cola is alien huh. father to Ariel, an alien daughter. Um, and he is just enamored by Earth. He loves the little things about Earth. Uh, he, he just has so much... He's a free spirit. And um, I think my favorite moment with him, um, well, I have another favorite moment. It's at the end. But here, here's the first favorite moment. It's early in the movie. Um, we get Megan's perspective of when mom meets Cosmo. And Ma, they, we do like a little montage of mom coming home from the date, walking in the front door, and she's got all these different gifts. And they're all just like things. Like it's uh, like, a, like a, a, a costume Viking helmet. And so, like some other, like a bunch of balloons, and then the last one was like a bubble machine. It's like when crows bring people gifts, and it's just like a cool thing yeah, that they shiny found. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like ten minutes later, we get to see Ariel's perspective, and we get a montage of Cosmo leaving the house for the date and picking out the gifts. Yeah. And that's even funnier because you see him with all of these stupid things and like just thinking like this is going to be a good one. And he turns on the bubble machine and he just watches the bubble go up and he and he just nods. He's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh my God. this is the one. <laughs> She's going to love this. You'd think he'd find a bubble machine offensive coming being mm. being a bubble himself. Yeah, uh, like Ariel's got that scene where she like talks to a bubble. Or oh yeah, that's true. She's like she treats bubbles like they're real. Yeah. But I was just thinking like, what's an analog to a bubble? Would it be like a doll mm. for a human? Mm. Yeah. Like it would be like, oh, this is like a a toy representation of what I am. Yeah, that sounds about right. But then Ariel is like, oh, that's beautiful bubble. She talks that to bubble one in the bathroom. The love of my life. Yeah. Yeah. But she's also in the way that might be in the way of like looking at a picture of someone she loves. She doesn't have a picture of the her crush back from Zarkulan or whatever. Yeah. Kirshner, whatever his name yeah, was. Yes, oh, uh, uh, Fanul. Fanul. Uh, Fanul. Yeah, whatever. Same his thing. His name is Fanul. Kirshner. Fanul. I don't remember what her real name was. It was like Sweezum. Oh, Sweezax, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think that Cosmo's a great dad. Yes. I give him an A. Yeah. Um, and the main reason I give him an A is because... When the conflict like actually happens in the last like ten minutes of this movie, um, when he realizes that he is is in real danger, and um, the mom and Trevor, the little son, is like with him and yep. doesn't understand how much danger they're in. Yep. He like very calmly tells him, "Trevor, we're gonna go play hide and seek. We're gonna play hide and seek. We're gonna count to one hundred, and you're gonna go run." Yep, and Trevor's not afraid at all because he thinks this is totally normal. And then the Emperor Savad, yeah. <laughs> he's escorting Cosmo to his death, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the dad did that super well. He gets an A in my book. Yeah, that was actually kind of touching. It yeah. was. Yeah, he knew what the hell was up. Yeah, I agree. Cosmo deserves an A. He seems like he's on the right things politically with his home planet. He's a mm. freedom fighter. Yeah. yeah. That's fighting, what fighting for, for he's fighting not for in a, choice. like yeah not in like a don't get your vaccine way but like <laughs> <in> a, <laughs> don't well, let someone dictate right become on, the dictator of your home planet way on that note i love how how vague the just general rebellion is in re, in regards to the planet yeah. it's just just that phrase freedom like we should be free free to do what like they're all bubbles yeah why do they have a government why do they have anything <laughs> Well, I actually kind of like that whole concept of like the home planet and the bubbles and stuff because 
as somebody who used to be into like science of space and other planets, like they're just a different uh, form of life. They're like based uh, on something that's not carbon. They're like yeah. whatever. Yeah, they're based all right. <laughs> God damn it. The animation for the the planet, though, was really great. I really liked all of the world building for this alien planet. Like Mm -hmm. The way that Ariel writes in her diary is just casting her hand over over, the space in front of her and creating this ethereal ribbon of text that proceeds immediately into some device sitting on her bedside table. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so cool. And obviously, don't explain any of that. Just show it. And and it looks cool. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, no, this is this yeah, is great. That worked." And everything on the home planet has that very like um, like late two thousand, late nineteen nineties three D imagery vibe. It reminds me of uh, that show Reboot. Yep, if you remember that, where uh, I it don't. was like, there it they, it was like Sims animation, and they were all like, "We go into the video game." Yeah, yeah. But it was cool because they weren't trying like impossibly hard with it and so you could tell it was animation but it was cool in that way yeah right their faces in the bubbles were moderately reminiscent of the face in the cube in halloween town though yes that's true just a little bit yeah but these looked less silly the face the face in the cube is still the best yep (laughs) i do love that Wait, uh, we forgot one dad in our decom dad hour. We forgot Megan's dad. Oh yeah, yeah. well he's a piece of shit. He's yeah. like yeah, he sucks. the career man who actually answers his phone at every opportunity, including the wedding of his ex-wife. And is always like, "I'm free. Call me anytime." Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and I'm estranged from my family because you can reach me at any time. Yeah, he uh, the first time we're introduced to him. He has like, well, now is he an Australian man? Probably. So he has like a weird voice and he's like, we're off, fun in the sun. Yeah. Like he's kind of doing a weird thing. And then he answers his phone and a couple sentences in, he's just like capitalist pig dad. He like a couple <laughs> sentences in, he goes, yep. Uh-huh. No, I can talk. And he goes, well, just get rid of him. <laughs> That's what he's talking. He's talking about just firing somebody on the spot. He's like, yeah, just get rid of him. He's been on the phone for five seconds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He gets an F for free anytime. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is where Megan gets her crappy qualities. Yeah. You know what? That's totally it. Because the son is a lot more like the mom and yep. Megan is a lot more like the dad. Yeah. The mom's You're absolutely very right. Too. Yeah. Megan kind of is the villain. Uh, yeah. Most of the like early conflict in this movie is because of her. Before we are introduced to the Emperor Savad. Mm. Yeah, you want to know what else Megan does? She finally gets invited to the popular table because her new stepsister is popular. And she doesn't even invite her friend. She just leaves her, her only friend. I don't, Michaela, yeah, I think. Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. Mikey. Yeah. Mikey, M- Mikey to- is not a character in this movie. And she no. should be. She should be like yes. the voice of reason for uh, Megan, but she's not at all. She, d- I won't say not at all because she actually does uh, at one point say something to the effect of that's so fucked up. I'm going to go talk to her, meaning Megan, fuck you. I'm going to go talk to your weird stepsister. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. To clarify, I don't mean that she's not the voice of reason. I mean that Megan does not treat her as a voice of reason. Fair. Like, they're not really... Like, there's no indication that they're friends other than the fact that in the movie they stand together and know each other's names. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, Mikey should... Mikey should have sat at the popular kids' table. Mikey's cool. Well, it's because Megan is fucked up. She is. Yeah. That should be everyone's decom F-bomb. Just at some point, everyone in this movie just tells her... Megan, you're really fucked up. You know that? You know, Megan, that was really fucked up. Yeah. Should we do the F-bomb? Yeah, okay. I can go first with mine. Yeah, okay. Because that really reminded me of what mine was, and I wonder if this is anybody else's. But there's a scene where uh, Ariel is doing math uh, in front of the class, and uh, someone it's like someone to the left, and then Megan, and then someone to the right. And the person to the left goes... Uh, she goes, um, she's channeling Alfred Einstein. And then Megan corrects her and goes, it's Albert. And the guy next to her goes, chill, Megan. Like, just shuts her down. He should have said, 
Chill the fuck out, Megan. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one, especially because that scene is just 10 seconds long. It's it, yeah. There's, it's, there's nothing else to it. Yeah, it's to demonstrate more that Ariel knows everything about the volumes of gases, and someone just goes, chill the fuck out, Megan. <laughs> yeah. More people in this movie need to tell Megan to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, so in that same vein, the scene is when Megan is talking to Mikey about Ariel, and... <laughs> Uh, Megan says something like, uh, you know, Cutter thinks I'm cool. And Mikey's like, Megan, as your friend, that's really pathetic. I'm going to go talk to her. And Megan's like, why? I mean, as if she needs an answer to why. It's yeah. like, yeah, because you're fucking pathetic and you're <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I, I think that's the only way to go there. Someone yeah. has to tell Megan that she's being a fuck face. Yeah, she's fucked. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mine is... um when it, rumors are spreading around the school that Ariel is here and she's very cool, there's like three kids talking and one of them goes, I heard her IQ is 300. And the next one goes, I heard she dated Prince William. And then the third one went, I heard she tutored Bill fucking Gates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does that mean, tutored Bill Gates? Yeah. At this a- time, Bill Gates is like 35. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just a, a drooler. He's like, oh, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> and then Ariel's like, this is mortifying, William. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, mine, I feel like maybe I'm the only one who didn't immediately assume that somebody should be telling Megan to shut the fuck up. Uh, but uh, this is another character who needs to shut the fuck up. Uh, Serena Sue. Yes. Uh, yeah. Serena Sue is, pres- I guess, the landlord for uh, Cosmo and Ariel uh, or neighbor or something. Um, yeah. Same thing. Neighbor, yeah. landlord, neighbor. whatever. Uh, she's, you know, one of those like new agey psychic women who... Um, Goes straight up to people and says, "You were you were Willie Mays in a past life. Your aura is dispossessed." Yeah, yeah. Um, but she meets Megan's dad. Megan and Ariel are trying to like get some other people in the house to like mess up Cosmo and Mom's date or whatever. Um, so Serena Sue and Megan's dad are there. And Serena Sue goes right up to the dad and starts spouting some whatever. I don't remember what she's saying. Um, and I assumed that the dad being, you know, his, you know, suit and tie, working all the time, business type uh, character, would just look her straight in the eye and go, you're a fucking nut job, lady. But instead, he <laughs> falls in love with her instantly. Yeah. Because she said that he was, I don't know, Napoleon in a past life or some or shit. Or that he was underappreciated or something. Like, that was all it took? Like yeah. That, yeah. That's all it... This guy is so fragile. And probably very horny. Very horny. Yeah, she's unwell. Yeah. Truly. Yes. And then Serena Sue turns to ice. Which is yeah. probably better. She's better off. Yeah, she is. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, Ryan, you brought up a character that we also haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Cutter Coburn. Oh, Cutter. my God. So Cutter, being an Aussie, is quite literally descended from degenerate convicts. Yep. <laughs> and it shows because he's like... It's like if you took an image of somebody and like smeared it is like what he, his physical representation is. His hair is like unevenly <laughs> spiked and he's, and he's gap toothed and yeah, he just looks blurry. He's like, if a, <laughs> yeah, if you a person. Out. Yeah, he's so for any of you out there familiar with decom lore, he is the guy in Xenon the sequel. That's sitting in the like alien control room, trying to like look out for signs of intelligent life. Oh, and he's the guy. What? Si- yeah, he's what? the uh, what was his name? Oliver or some some shit. Uh, yeah, no, he was the guy that sits in that one room and looks at the the like the the sound waves and says, "Nope, no aliens." Um, and then he like joins the you know Xenon's cause or whatever to try to f- find aliens. I don't know. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's him. And in this movie, he's like the he is the vapid, shallow surfer boy. And what I love about him, even though he's you know just dumb as hell, is that 
Ariel tells him straight to his face, you know, he's interested in her. He's, quote, fully scamming on her. And she tells him straight to his face, you're vapid and shallow. And he goes, uh, shallow, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe. A uh, vapid? I don't know what that means, but I could be that too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, vapid, shallow vapid. people have feelings too. <laughs> that was a good it, line. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was oddly um, pointed. Yeah. I, I appreciated that. And he, and from that point on, he is a very self aware, vapid, and shallow person. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, towards the end of the movie, he, he says probably. Okay, my second favorite line. My first favorite line was also said by him. But my second favorite line was, Megan has brown hair, Ariel has blonde hair. And he goes, that's a Betty and Veronica thing. Freedom of choice. (laughs) High five. Uh, The best part about that is that that is what convinces the other aliens who showed up that planet Earth is better than the situation they were in because of the freedom. Yeah. It yeah. was literally like, yo, we got babes here. And <laughs> yes. the other guy was like, uh-huh. Yeah, you do. The feminine oh, wile is a powerful tool. How could I say no to babes? Oh, man, this planet rocks. And twins. Right before that, he walks into a room, and there's a person who's frozen solid. It doesn't matter why. Yep. She just is. And Cutter comes in and he goes, man, I seriously have to improve my vocabulary. And then he turns around and he's like, whoa, it's a party in here. And then he turns to the person that's frozen and goes, that's unusual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Cutter, you're so right. That is unusual. (laughs) A whole person frozen solid? Yeah. That's pretty unusual. This isn't any other Tuesday. Yeah, I actually think for uh, a limited vocabulary that he says he has, that was the perfect word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't need a, bi- a big fancy vocabulary full of $5 words to point out that a frozen human is pretty unusual. It's a bit unusual. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, God, it's just so funny. That was but a yeah. great oh. scene. <laughs> To go to go from like I need to I need to learn some knowledge to oh cool party to <laughs> is that person dying in like <laughs> in like a five second span. Wow, that's very peculiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other best thing that he did is he shows up at the wedding and he sees Megan and her mom, who is the bride, who is getting married, and he says, "I'd rather be windsurfing." <laughs> my God. He says that to the bride. Oh my God. I don't know. I think that'd be pretty funny, though. Like, if you're, let's say you're like a tennis instructor and your dumb little bro student shows up, he's like, I'd rather be playing tennis. Like, you'd probably think that was cute. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think Cutter's young enough to be cute. I think he's supposed to be like, you know, 15 years old. <laughs> the mom is a windsurfer, though. So she, she might be like, you know what? I would like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. True. Fair enough. Hey, did everybody catch the mom's name? Like, the actress's name? Uh, oh yes! Oh my it's God! Christine. Her name is Christine, <laughs> but it's K H R Y S T Y N E. Yeah, Haja, Haj, Haj, H A J, Haja, Haja. Yeah, I don't know. Haja. <laughs> she uh, Christ, Christine Haja. She is um, active on Instagram. She's out there. Is she really? Yeah, yeah. Born in Santa. I'm going to follow The her. exotic yeah, yeah. land of Santa Clara, California. She's from California? Christine. I assume she was one of the Australians in this movie. No. This movie was filmed in Australia. I assume she was American based on the spelling of her name. Okay, I guess that's fair. Christine. Christine. It actually hey, rhymes. Hey, let's talk about the Emperor Savad. Oh, we. The Emperor Savad is the the villain in this movie, and he's a bubble because he's from the alien planet. Um, but when he shows up, this actor who plays the Emperor Savad is hilarious. I My he God. looks like a celebrity lookalike for a celebrity that doesn't exist. He looks yeah. like wow. Silvio Dante, like a Silvio Dante yeah, yeah, wannabe. Okay, yeah, that's the type. If you if you did like a um, if you did like a face blend of Every actor who was ever in The Sopranos, yeah, you would get him. 
It's it's just he's just gross and pudgy. He's the one with like the the rubbery skin and the horrid skull and yeah. the grotesque <laughs> body. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's like the embodiment of the genre of body horror. Is <laughs> <laughs> that man? Yeah, he's a he's a real sack of bones. Like his name should have been Kastayin Haye. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about his presence as an enemy is that first of all, he doesn't show up until the last 10 minutes. Um, and his son, his son is Ariel's love. Um, and when Ariel finally caves and like writes to him to, you know, her love, she writes as a PS, like PS, don't tell your father, comma, the emperor Savad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because at that point we haven't heard about, heard this name for like 40 minutes in the movie. So we had to be reminded of who the emperor Savad is. By the way, Chelsea Clinton, don't tell your father, (laughs) the president, Bill Clinton. (laughs) Exactly. It feels like that. Yeah. His name is Tyriel Mora. Yeah. And he's, he's not nearly as uh, hideous in his IMDb photo. Uh, apparently, he was in Queen of the Damned playing somebody named Roger. Oh. So, just for your information. Also, I love that uh, Fanul, the son, is the only person in the movie, even though th- this we've established this is filmed in Australia. He's the only one that they were like, you don't have to do an American accent. No. He just has a full Australian accent, unexplic- uh, unexplained. He like fluctuates a little bit. Yeah. Like it seemed as if it seemed as he if they, they shot a couple shots yeah. where he did an American accent and it was so bad that eventually the director was like, ah, you know what, forget it. Just just do your normal voice. They were like, We gotta finish all your scenes by tomorrow, and we've done this one twenty times. We don't have time for yeah, you to forget forget do this. about forget the American it. accent. Just just talk. Yeah. Yeah. He's and and there's nothing to say about the end of the movie, is there? Um um, 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 well, what they I want to know, what I want to know, get married, yes, no, but listen, there's a wedding supposed to be happening and the groom is missing. Nobody goes and checks the front yard. No, true. No way. That's what I thought was ridiculous because here's four or five literal children in the front yard with hair dryers. Yeah. And the groom yes. is there and, and a he's a, a block of ice and they're fighting a giant bubble. And nobody thinks, like, oh, the groom's missing. Like, does somebody want to go check in front? No, they all assume yeah. that the mom's getting jilted. Yeah. Oh, and, and that, fact, and then there's, like, a big commotion, and they're like, how rude to blow your leaf blower during a wedding. Right. Yeah. But still, Meanwhile, nobody goes Trevor to check. Cheating. No way. Well, you got to remember, this is the curse of the DCOM third act. Yes. You can't write a good third act for Ugh. a DCOM. It's literally impossible. And it, it starts so late in the movie mm-hmm. as if to be almost an afterthought to the rest of what you've seen. I think if they had just decided at the beginning that DCOM should be one hour long, it, it, it would have been better. Ugh, but yes. I think the whole idea was like we have to fill two hour time blocks. Mm-hmm. So that's 90 minute movie, half hour commercials, yeah, which, yeah. which is just to the detriment of the films themselves, because it's it really seems like all of them are hour long movies pushed to 90 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, nice. you know, yeah. That was a good one. Crisp as hell. Wow. Ooh, oh, that was a good slop. Oh, yeah. This is a this is a sloop pills. Ooh. Yep. Slop pills. Slop pills. Uh yeah no it's um it's a very bad third act, but you know aren't they, aren't they all yeah aren't, yeah aren't they I all? I don't think I could say that this third act is any worse than any of the ones that we've seen no in you fact know what in makes, cases it's what better. would make these movies even worse tell me thirty minutes of commercials oh, oh my god wow you yeah. are so right and you could see that like some of them have the fade ins and fade outs built in. Yeah. Yes. Because they knew that like these are only going to run on TV. Oh yeah. Yeah. Although, I, mean, I, can't I feel even... like you see that with you see that with everything from, you know. Although 2000s, I have to nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say though, watching these, and then seeing like an interstitial advertisement for like Sockum Boppers with the song huh. playing. I'd be like, oh, man, this all fits. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like a full immersion if you have that, too. Yeah. But it, that's now looking back at it 
nostalgically. Right. Like, imagine if you were watching this and then Jake from State Farm popped up. Like, yeah. Like, I would, I would turn it off. Yeah. No. Designed Sock for channel surfing. Or um, uh, like a Play-Doh commercial, like a slime. The yeah. slime bug commercial. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It was sand, but S-Q-A-N-D. Squand. Was it squand? squand? But there was no U. Doesn't matter. Flown. It was called squand. I assumed it was scanned. The magic board that you had like a weird uh, like oh, cross yeah. thing, and it was like a rainbow. Remember that thing? Marvin's magic what? drawing board. Marvin's magic oh! drawing board, yeah. I thought you were talking about Light Bright. Which, no, it was oh called God, Marvin's magic Light drawing Bright. board. Light Bright was awesome. I loved my Light Bright. I would just sit in the basement, all the light, like I would, you know, I would turn the lights on, I'd I'd put the little things in, and then run up and turn the lights off and just see what it looked like. And it was always awesome. It didn't matter what I made. It was always mm-hmm. cool. I had squand, and it was really weird, and that's probably why uh, I had testicular cancer when I was 14. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll, that'll hit you. Yeah, if you, if you rub it down there, uh, yeah, bad things happen. Yeah, but Marvin's Magic Drawing Board, man. You, you had Marvin's Magic Balls. <laughs> well, who hasn't? Who among us? I found another good quote in my book, and I'm not sure what it was in reference to, but it's one of the last notes, so it's from that third act. Um, I think it was Cutter asking Ariel, like, how... I don't know. How do you do this? How do you how do you do whatever it is you do? And she goes, first you need to be a bubble. And Cutter goes, oh, man, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. Oh, man. But that's, that's exactly what I love about this movie, that Ariel never hides the fact that she is a bubble. She is a She's gaseous a being. She says it constantly. Yes. And nobody, like, questions it. They're just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, another favorite quote of mine is um, about food, when she's like, I do not like food. Food is messy. You know, like that's not a normal thing for people to say. And yeah. she's making no bones about the fact that she has no bones. Yeah, she won't eat she a, high- a bubble. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Ryan, speaking of food, I mentioned, I don't know if we were recording, I mentioned there would be a quote that only you and I might relate to. Bring it on. Uh, it's, in, it's one of the first lines, oddly. Uh, it's the mom is putting together dinner for Trevor and Megan. And she goes, soup's not for breakfast. And the mom goes, soup is good food. Yup. Which soup is good food. Which is a Dead Kennedy song. Yup. And <laughs> I knew there's no way you say that if you don't want a Dead Kennedy's reference in, yeah. this, in this movie. That's immediately what I thought of. I thought of, uh, who's the singer? Jello Piafra. Jello Piafra, yeah. I thought of that immediately. I thought soup of him is going, good food. <laughs> it makes a good meal. Yeah. Which is a song about the pores, which mm-hmm. I can relate to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that was amazing. And then speaking of lines that you and I would appreciate, when um, Saranda, whatever her name is, Sue, is talking to the dog, she's like, you were Mickey Mantle, Roki, a famous <laughs> baseball <laughs> <Yeah>. player. Yes. <laughs> that was just like so unnecessary, but yeah. so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that she clarified it's a famous, famous baseball, baseball player. player. Because you know that seven-year-old watching this movie does not know what that is. No. I don't know. In 2000, maybe. Oh. Th- thems were different times. God. I only know who that is because of Catch Me If You Can. Oh. Because yeah. you know, why do the Yankees keep winning? Because the cause pinstripes. pinstripes. And he goes, the Yankees win because they have Mickey Mantle. Exactly. It's Tom Hanks, yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you know that, that oh, whole yeah. scene. I've seen that movie a lot. Convenient. Hey, James, knock, knock. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Hey. I'm Tom Hanks. Carl Hanratty. That's his name. <laughs> I know that movie too well. Um, oh, boy. Uh, speaking of references that nobody gets, um, the, at one point, part of the plot is to have the younger brother, Trevor, fake sick. Mm-hmm. And one of the, he's like, eh, he's kind of in on it. And the preface is that Megan tries to convince him that Cosmo really is an alien right. and shows a him his plan, alien. a bad alien, and his plan, step one, is eat oh Trevor. God. Oh, huh. my God. Which is amazing. Eat Trevor's the name of a great band. <laughs> Not really. It would be the, a great yeah. name for a band, I mean. Uh, but, um, shit, where was I going with this? Well, uh, he, oh, he was playing sick, 
And the line that he go that he says is he goes <laughs> he goes Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you. <laughs> Which they have to say in the in this is a line from Sanford and Sons, which no one has seen at this point. I had no idea what it was. I Me had to either. Look it up. I what was wondering what that was. <laughs> that, but uh, this is what I think is a nuance of this movie. I think the the Dead Kennedys reference and the Sanford and Son reference are almost to humor the writer. In this situation. Oh, yeah. They're not to relate to the kids watching it. It's just like, I'm going to throw this line in there because whatever. But that's what makes it good. Yes. Yes. The fact that the writer had fun with it. Exactly. Chris Matheson is is the the writer, and he's excellent. And I think we don't see that often enough in these movies, and that's really, I think, one of the things that, for me personally, these films' harshest critic is it separates the good from the bad. Mm -hmm. When you can tell they had fun making it, it wasn't just another like bullshit paycheck for them. Yeah, I think that really separates the the wheat from the chaff. Absolutely, if you will. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, another thing that I wanted to reference about the scene that James was was talking about before I forget, um, Megan does tell Trevor that uh, conv- Megan does convince Trevor that Cosmo's a bad alien and shows some like his plan for world domination in the first chapters. Eat Trevor. And the face that Trevor gives, this is like a nine-year-old kid. The face that he gives is so incredibly perfect. Everybody who, everybody should see this. Everyone listening needs to go watch this scene because he just like gets this thousand-yard stare. Like he this actor genuinely thought he was gonna be eaten. He he was he was just like, Oh fuck. <laughs> oh god, I'm gonna get eaten. Yeah, like a mixture of like remorse and and sadness and you know um what's it called like um you know he just knows that he's not gonna live yeah desperation yeah Yeah. his world was shattered at that moment agreed that that actor whatever his name was i didn't write his name down because he was a child but he did he did great all right what else uh what else do we got what else is going on I had um, I had one other quote that I wanted to share, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, right. I remember what it was now. Um, this is just another one of those things where the writer had fun. Um, Ariel makes several references to like things from her world mm-hmm. and things that happen, things that they say or mm-hmm. things that they do in Zirculon. Her world of the Yukon. The Yukon, yes. The Yukon. Oh, that is fun. Oh, where they cut to like a shot of like a blizzardy, like snowy population zero. Yeah, they just say population low. Low. And then they do it again later and they say population low, parentheses, still. still. That was fun. That was fun. Stupid, but fun. Um, But no, um, she said something like, and back in Zerculon, we would say the clag really hit the drawn, (laughs) which is like (laughs) shit's going down. Stupid, but I liked it. Well, then there's also the um, All's Fair in Love and War. They have a saying like that from Home Planet, which is sometimes the bubble that shimmers brightest ascends the slowest. Yeah. (laughs) Which, is that what All's Fair in Love and War means? Absolutely. Same thing. Bubbles don't war the same way we do. You wouldn't understand. You've never been to Zerculon. It's okay. Speaking of bubble war. I had a layover once. Oh. (laughs) I wouldn't expect a solid like you to to get the nuances of Zerculon. <laughs> to be fair, you have to have a very high IQ. Oh, oh stop. don't stop. <laughs> Speaking of Zerculon, wh- uh, uh, this just occurred to me. Why is the enemy wind and not pointy objects? Oh, yeah, very good point. They pro- pro- You know why? I don't think they exist there. Why, no would, point- they make, yeah. why would they even make a pointy object to begin True. with? True, true. Well, no, there. But we see war happening. Almost, we see like ships shooting at them. Yeah, but they're, they're shooting, shooting lasers. like lasers. What does a laser do to a bubble? It should pass right through. The light might refract it a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Unless it's a, a strong enough laser. I've seen videos on YouTube of lasers popping balloons. Mm. But that's the heat on the rubber of the balloon. Anyway, 
do you think they have no fear of sharp objects? But maybe you're right. Maybe that's because they just don't exist on their world. But wind does, and it takes them up to the great cloud. Maybe it's like uh, maybe it's like sharp objects are war crimes. You know, yeah, they're outlawed. like we can't like use those um, those those twisty blades. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, they're yeah. those swords um, that have yeah. three spiraling blades uh-huh. on them. Yeah, they call them twisty blades. Twisty That's twisty banned blade. by the Geneva Convention. Exactly, Twi- twisty blades. Yeah, 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 and um, and ouchy gas. Ouchy gas. Yeah, no yeah. ouchy. No, no, no ouchy gas. Not allowed. No, no. Make you go sleep. Make you go cry. And yeah. um. No more mean men. <laughs> no mean men. Boom booms. No more big boom booms. AKA cluster bombs. Yeah. No big booms. No, no big wide booms. booms. No fast booms. Not allowed. Yeah. No, no it twi- says this in the Geneva No Convention. twisty yeah. blades. Yeah. <laughs> no hot, hot, hot. All right. We got to wrap this up. What else do we have? Um, I don't know. I just really liked um, the affected way of talking that everybody had yes. in this movie. Yeah. And there was a direct quote, uh, probably from Megan. Um, coming here with your root beer Jones and your affected way of talking and your whacked songs and just like taking over. Mm-hmm. That's just a perfect example of the affected way of talking that everybody had in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it really pleased me greatly because yeah. the accents were not natural to them. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing about it. That's a good point. I think that's a part of it. Yeah. Ariel Cola. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god wait their last name is cola because cola. he really liked cola yeah <laughs> yep oh <laughs> i didn't get that before i don't know this movie was so fucking stupid but i've got to say i liked it yeah i know their i'm skipping idea, ahead a little bit their idea of fun is expanding in the heat and contracting when it cools and you know what that's my idea of fun too. yeah and I, Fanul says oh when my activities are done sometimes i can power float or yeah. something like Rick, doesn't he say that? He's yeah. like, I, I'm, I, Father allows me to power float for a minute. I wish I could power float, even just for a second. Yeah. Well, you can power float How? if you want it badly enough. Please tell me. Well, you see this uh, little cocktail that your buddy James made? Yes, the fragile. You have like six or seven of those. Yeah. Okay. And you'll be power fucking floating, my power friend. Float. Okay, cool. Take the magic school bus. Let's do it, baby. We, we could go back and relive that Wizard Staff episode. Oh, my God. Power float. What movie was that? Was that Descendants? It must have been Descendants. I was, I was right? too drunk to remember. It was probably. It was, if it was, was Wizard Staff, that would probably be it. We got to do the other Descendants. There's two more of oh, them. Oh, Jesus shit. Christ. And you know what? I know that, Ryan, you will not be partaking, but I will have to do Wizard Staff again. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. How about how about this? We'll find me something else to Wizard Staff, and it'll probably be equally Wizard as Staff painful. Wizard Staff kombucha. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> or like cold brew. Yeah. Oh, oh God, that's God. even more dangerous. <laughs> I would still worry for your health. Well, we'll Just do like it. Lacroix. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it at six a.m. We'll do the episode oh at six a.m. and I'll Wizard Staff cold brew. Now I'm gonna it. look up the LD50 for caffeine and see how what that translates oh to in God. terms of cold brew. <laughs> <sighs> all right uh final notes and then we got to rate this movie anybody what, anybody right. i don't think uh, so there was a lot I, to say about this movie but we kind of already said i really it. could talk about this one for a long time but yeah being solid is invigorating you know and as far as uh, being a cumbersome bag of skin goes um you know i'm actually quite appealing <laughs> hey guys how <laughs> serena sue kept getting flies in her mouth yeah i thought that was like a uh, an alien trick yeah i guess so at first yeah, but it just it, there was no explanation, and you know what? That makes it even better. All right, let's rate this movie. For those of you who don't know, it's just thumbs up or thumbs down. Very simple. Um, Ryan, you talked a little bit earlier. Why don't you go first? Well, I've got to say, I really enjoyed the writing in this movie. The quotations were fantastic. You know, as far as pure substance of this movie goes, I don't think there's much there. You know, the windsurfing thing was like a red herring. That, like there really was not a lot in this movie about windsurfing other than the fact that that was how Cosmo and what's her name Kathy met um it was really not a major plot point in this movie um so really the fun was in the good writing and some of the hijinks um and look with all that being said i think everybody knows that uh, my normally cold and dead heart has uh, warmed for this movie it was a breath of fresh air considering all the other bullshit we've been watching recently. Um, 
And, you know, I'm not going to recommend that you watch this movie, but if you were to, you might get a kick out of it. So for the first time in a long time, I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Hell yeah. Good to have you back. (laughs) (laughs) I'll jump in then. Um, I am the person in this group who has the nostalgic connection to Disney Channel original movies. I never saw this one when I was younger. Um, but I would not hesitate to say that this is one of the best ones that they have ever made. It's just fun. It, th- it's, and it comes down to the writing, as Ryan already said. It really just comes down to the way it's written. It, it was clearly made by people with experience. It's not, um, it, it's, it's not pandering to children in the way that so many of the other ones are. And it's not trying too hard to be something that it can't be. Yep. Correct. Um, the acting is exactly what it should be for kids. It's all surface level. Um, it doesn't need to be nuanced if you're going to, you know, build the world of the aliens correctly and make it look interesting. And, um, it's fun. It, it, it is just fun. I would actually recommend this if, if, if you are having a few drinks or just, you know, letting loose, this is a fun thing to just put on. Make a drinking game out of it. Honestly, you can make a good drinking game out of this movie. Yeah. Um, drink every time Ariel says that she is made of gas. Uh, yep. Drink every time she insults her terrible body. <laughs> drink every time there's a vocabulary word. Yeah. 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 Every time someone says wind. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, this is an easy thumbs up from me. Absolutely. Brandon? Yeah, sure. Um, Definitely thumbs up. This is, I agree with Brandon, this might be the best one ever made. Um, The writing is good. It's very quotable. The editing is good. Um, Mm -hmm. It's original. I know it's based off a book, but, you know, it's a Disney Channel original movie. You gotta (laughs) cut some corners. Um, it's, It's just fun through and through. So, yeah, big thumbs up for me. Hell yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm going to make it four for four thumbs up. Hell yeah. They do so much right in keeping it fun and low stakes. And the, the only thing I could say is that the live action seems scenes seem so small because this was at the time where they must've blown so much money on the CGI that like so much of the live action is, is kind of truncated because of that. Hmm. But to everybody's point, that is more than made up for by the writing and how just lighthearted and fun it is. Uh, it is sweeter than a bowl of cornflakes and root beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up. Yeah, you're right. There are. I think there's only like three sets. There's yeah. the school, there's the house, there's the beach. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then they do have a, um, a what's it called? Um like a, th- a, a two-minute CGI. Yeah. yeah. And at that time, CGI was so incredibly expensive. And, and really, I only bring that up to point out anything that I could see as a uh, like a, a, a con to the movie. Everything else you guys said, totally, totally agree with it. It's so fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. It's silly and stupid, but it is awesome. This was the first one in a long time where I laughed out loud because something was funny. Right. Yeah. Yep. Usually I laugh out loud because it's so bad. Yeah. This one, I did genuinely laugh out loud when that guy said, cool, can't argue with any of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be thinking about... Yeah. Yeah, I'll be thinking about this movie and its quotes for a while. Oh, we got to give the award for this movie and... Um, the... I would. I mean, it's the. I don't know the 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 cornflakes and root beer award. The, oh yeah, I was going <laughs> to say like the platinum root beer. The, yeah, the platinum root beer. That's a good one. The A and W lifetime achievement award. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. That's it. The this a- one gets the A and W lifetime achievement award. The eighteen <laughs> different flavors award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, listeners, this may be the first time that we all would generally tell you that yeah this is a fun one to watch yeah it's a it's a watch the other ones the other ones that we've given thumbs up are like yeah if you're nostalgic you should watch it but this one just watch it yeah Yeah. this one immediate top three top two Mm -hmm. yeah it's up there (laughs) yeah wow absolutely um please let us know what you thought about this one listeners we'd love to hear from you um, you can email us Disney Channel Tipsy Panel at gmail.com uh, to talk about anything that you've heard in this episode. 
Um, you could email us to tell us where you were when Michael Jackson died. That's always a fun thing to hear. <laughs> yeah, please. Do. You can call Brandon on his cell phone at 914-863-1613. Yep. And actually, that's a lie because it's my cell phone. You could talk to me through that line anyway. Ryan mm-hmm. will tell me what you said. Or you could talk to Michael Jackson through that. You know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what your deal is. <laughs> whatever you channel. And that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I just got some words of wisdom before we close out the episode. If you... Then... Yeah. Dude. That was deep. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that one. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in next time. I'll have another decom for you. That's our show. Bye. Wish you could have been here for that one, Brandon. I know.